Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. And I hope you enjoy this new show, whether you're viewing it on the internet or listening to a podcast version of the episode. I do want to thank you for being part of my audience. You can also find links to videos or podcasts on MiamiGhostChronicles.com as well as where you can submit your story about any eerie experiences you've had, which I would love to hear about. Just go to the Submit Your Story tab. Please subscribe to our channel so that you receive notification of when we release a new show. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is where I usually live stream and where I give you a behind-the-scenes look at locations where new episodes are being filmed at, I also tell you about all the interesting guests that will be appearing soon on Stories of the Supernatural. I hope you enjoy the show, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing good, really good. As you know, my last my last show I told you, my well my farm just decided to quit after a power outage and after 72 hours of no water like I said I had no problems admitting I'm a real real crybaby when it comes to AC and of course running water you just real don't realize how much we take it for granted till you don't have it and like like I said before the last experience I had was uh in the fall of last year you know when these hurricanes tore through a south florida and i was with a week without electricity and water but it's almost like misery loves company since i knew everybody else was in the same situation i was it's like totally different but anyway so that's what i'm saying it's all good it's all good because i've got water but anyway i'm also all good today again because i have a fantastic guest today with us this is a lady who's very very well versed in the paranormal field her name is marie d jones and she is the best-selling author of fiction and non-fiction stories. She has an extensive background in journalism, metaphysics, and the paranormal. And she's worked in the field as a field investigator for MUFON in Los Angeles and San Diego in the 1980s and 1990s. She's also been on television, including History Channel's Ancient Aliens and the Nostradamus Effect series. And she also served as a special UFO abduction consultant for the 2009 Universal Picture science fiction movie the fourth kind now she's been interviewed on hundreds of radio talk shows and she's lectured widely at major paranormal new science and self-empowerment events and i am so happy to have her here today how are you doing marie i'm doing great now i have to warn you i have a 20 year old cat named lucy (laughs) who whenever i do a radio show decides to start wailing oh wait (laughs) See, see, this is, you are absolutely (laughs) in the right place because I I live in a farmhouse, but besides that, I've always had animals. I have five dogs, Right. one that just had a, I have a bunch of birds and like I tell my audience knows (laughs) all of a sudden you'll hear a screech or a bark or some weird noise. Plus I have chickens and you know, when I don't feed them, they come on my part. You get it. (laughs) Yes. I have roosters that look at me through my window and they decide that in the middle of the day that they're going to. Go ahead and let me know, like, come and feed me. So, yeah, that's belief. <laughs> Isn't that weird? But, I mean, you know, I could be sitting here working the whole day yes. and nothing. 
But as soon yes. as I get on the phone, so anyway, I just thought I would. But you know what? I'm going <laughs> to mention something. One time, this was already up maybe like a year ago or a little bit less, I was interviewing this gentleman. His name is Christopher George. As a matter of fact, he lives over in San Diego. And in the middle of the interview, I know I remember him mentioning something about his mom loved cats. And he, all the way towards, I want to say, when the last maybe 20 minutes of the interview, I distinctly heard a cat meow. Now, what's really funny yeah. is mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's his cat and he's thinking it's my cat. <laughs> Oh, no. So (laughs) later on, you know, I heard it. And then, you know, I review the show anyway afterwards just to make sure everything's okay on the audio. And I sent him an email and I said, hey, thanks. And by the way, you know, I heard your cat. (laughs) He came out. (laughs) He goes, I don't have a cat. (laughs) So (gasps) neither one of us have a cat. cat You know, I have cats, but in another, (laughs) I don't have a cat here. And it was like, but it was distinctly a meow, a meow. Okay, and it was oh, when he wrote back, goes, I don't have a cat, and we both laughed, and we were, you know, it was one of those things that neither one of us, you know, just took it in stride because we're each thinking it's the other's cat, exactly like you said that yeah. was close by and came out in the recording. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you put that out there in case. <laughs> in I case. I swear, it's like, yeah, let me just put this out there before we even get started. Well, you know what? And it's really funny. Everybody, and I'm, uh, you know, if you have children, you know how when they're little, they follow you around and they got to be underfoot oh, wherever you're yeah. at. Well, animals do the same thing. Uh, they got to be underfoot, especially if you're not giving them direct attention somehow. They got to be like, notice me, notice me. So I absolutely they know. understand. They just yes. know. Oh, I yes. think they do it on purpose. Anyway. Yes, they do, they do. But it's like, believe me, if, if anybody understands, it's me. But anyway, Marie, let me ask you what I ask all my guests, which is obviously you're involved in the paranormal field, but how did you get started your interest? Did you have a childhood experience? Did something happen later on as an adult? That's such a hard question. Okay, so so I have been really into ghosts and aliens and UFOs and Bigfoot since I was like a toddler. Wow. And I, and I don't know why, because as far as I know, you know, nothing happened. Nobody ever told me there was strange lights over the house and, right. you know, the, the creatures came in. I don't know why. So I, I, as a child, I loved to read and I loved to read ghost stories. And um, back then we had record players. <laughs> Remember mm-hmm. those things? Right. And I used to play these, um, these ghost stories that were on records and, just play them over and over and over again. And oh my God, I was obsessed with UFOs. Okay. So I, I, I just think it's something that was natural, but I also loved science and nature from a really early age. And I'm kind of feeling like I must have sensed that it was all a part of the general, you know, reality that the the reality that we see and the one that we don't see. And I always thought it was just all the same kind of stuff. It was only until later that I learned it wasn't. Well, um, and, and, and you know yeah. what? And did you ever have any experience that now maybe, you know, sometimes as children, we take things in stride and we don't think it's paranormal. We just, we just think it's okay. Looking back, did yes. you ever have any experiences as a child? Yes. Okay. So three things that come to mind really quickly. One, I re- we had woods behind our house okay. with a, a lake. It was really cool. 
And I remember looking out. I always used to look for animals. I used to like to think that I was an animal tracker. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like six. But I remember looking. So there was a fence, and then there was the woods. But there were a lot of breaks in the fence, so all of us neighborhood kids could go in the woods and down to the lake. And I remember looking and seeing something walking through the woods that I assumed at the time, for some strange reason, was Bigfoot. Now, how the heck did I even know? You know, I must have seen it on some In Search Of or some TV show back in the day. So, and then later I had two, two very vivid, unbelievably vivid dreams that still now today stand out to me as maybe not necessarily being dreams. And one of them, I saw a city in the sky. And I know that that's something that a lot of people have actually yes. reported seeing. Well, the other one is the, is the freakiest one. I must have been about six or seven years old. And I dreamed that I was coming down. We had a driveway that kind of sloped downward into the garage. And I dreamed that I was looking through the garage to the back window. And there was sort of a skeleton head looking at me. And that stayed with me all my life, and I will never forget the first time I ever saw a picture of a gray, a gray alien. Uh I said, that's what was looking at me through the window. And now when, you know, and then I started to even question whether that was a dream or that was something that really happened, but I just sort of categorized it as a dream. So things like that when I was little. And then as I got older, you know, I could sense ghosts. I never actually saw one, but I could sense them. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, in my 20s, I saw what I believe to be a unidentified flying object. Doesn't necessarily mean it's alien, but it was something that I okay. had never seen. And I was heavily involved in UFO research, even at that age. And then, you know, like I went to the Hotel Del Coronado when I was really young. And I remember turning down a hallway that was under construction and I felt like I was going to throw up. And then somebody said, oh, you know, there was a murder down there and blah, blah, blah. So that kind of stuff. What makes me mad is that for an entire life spent researching and writing about this stuff pretty much, I have never had a direct in-your-face experience. Okay. It's always been like in that shady gray zone where I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, did that just happen? Or no, maybe not. (laughs) Right. Yeah, and that's the thing because, I mean, when I was growing up, you know, I read books, and back then, really, the only one that put out ghost books was Hans Holzer. You know, he was the one that, right. you know, the go-to guy, I mean, that was most well-known. But like I tell everybody, the way, you know, they have information and multiple uh, sources where people now can, God, you get it everywhere if you're interested in the paranormal right. or whatever. Back then, you know, you, and like you said, there was that show unexplained, uh, you know, in search of, I'm sorry, in search of. Yeah, those yeah, were the shows that finally started coming out with that. Yeah, yeah, those great shows, you know, before all of the Ghost Hunter and Monster Hunter and UFO Hunter type shows yes. that are on now. We had those wonderful shows. So yeah. obviously we saw it on TV. Right, you know? it was like it started, <laughs> I want to say that it really started taking off like in the 90s is when it started. And uh, yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, and... And even I did it in my family. As a matter of fact, my family was a very no-nonsense family, you know, like that. Yeah. Uh, that were you like what you were saying that you say, well, where where did I get this interest from? It's not like you're surrounded by it. You see the adults around you, you know, you just fall into it. 
and um, as you get older, you know, it just doesn't go away. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think it gets worse because you yeah. start to, you know, you learn more, and you. So I grew up with a scientist father. My father was a geophysicist. Okay. And my mom was like really creative. So uh, I got both sides of the coin, you know, the creative storytelling art kind of mom. And then my dad was a scientist. But what was really interesting was when I was really little, I learned, you know, my dad was obsessed with UFOs. Now, that's something that maybe I, I, I you know, when I was like three or four or five cents, um, but by the time I was seven or eight, I used to uh, sit in the kitchen when he would have some of his colleagues over. Okay. And they would, you know, these are scientists. These are oceanographers, um, astrophysicists, geophysicists, geologists, mm-hmm. that people that he worked with and knew. And they would all talk about UFOs. And that now that I think back on that, that was pretty mind-blowing. But at the time, it was like I did not know that science and the paranormal, you know, couldn't couldn't go hand in hand. Right, yeah. It was like a bad word if you were a scientist, if you said you yeah. went to the paranormal. It wasn't to them, although my dad did later say that you didn't talk about those things, mm-hmm. you know, in the halls of academia, but they talked about them Oh, personally. right, yeah, exactly. Amongst yeah. people you trusted, which were probably very few yeah. that you would say something like along those lines. Because otherwise you would just what be shooting your, your career in the forget oh, it. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because your boss might not. <laughs> but yeah. what it proved to me was that they, you know, a lot of scientists uh, really are interested in the paranormal. Mm-hmm. But they kind of, you know, they kind of have to pursue that interest after they do their science. Yes, stuff, so exactly. And, exactly. Um, but I mean, Think about it. If millions and millions of people over the course of history are having these experiences, why would we not think scientists would be interested in finding out what they are and, you know, where they come from, how they manifest, if we have anything to do with the manifestation of person, of a paranormal phenomena? Of course they are. Of, of course, course they're and, interested. Yeah. yeah, but then, you know, you get the scientists, the one of you can't quantify it, if you can't reproduce it, blah, 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 blah. The then that's it. Forget that's it. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. And it's, come on, let's face yeah. it. Everything about the paranormal, whether it's UFOs, whether it's ghosts, you know, life after death, whether it's cryptids, come on. It's like a lot of theories, uh, but as far as it is. And it's subjective, subjective experiences that you can't duplicate, you know, in a clinical setting. And maybe you can't apply the scientific method to, but I think it's changing. I think a lot more scientists now are saying, okay, wait a second. Maybe this stuff has its own method by which we can study it and and maybe someday even prove how it happens. And we might end up finding out that it's got a lot of science behind it. We just were places or whatever but yeah that's been the problem well i think also with a lot of the discovery of uh, in physics that they're saying about what's really there a lot of them are going "Hmm." right yeah yep exactly could this apply and it was funny i had a conversation the other day with somebody about the um the reticular activating system which is a little cluster of nerves at the end of the brain stem Mm -hmm. that literally works to filter out everything that your brain is that's coming at your brain, which is somewhere in like the vicinity of 40 or 400 million bits of information. Wow. 
per minute. Okay, yes. per minute. That's Some so astronomical number like that. Mm-hmm. So what the RAS does is it narrows your focus down to a minimum of or maybe 40. And that's all that you can deal with to survive and, you know, live your right. life. So can you imagine all of the other stuff that our brains are not even allowing us to perceive? Yeah, because, because we be our brain exactly and our brain decides that's not really important to me right now i gotta raise three kids you know and work my job and get especially now everybody wants it to multitask that Uh. (laughs) and believe me i mean my degree is i tell everybody's in you know is in human behavior and you know i'm a big uh, follower of subconscious (laughs) i'm a behaviorist I, i consider well subconscious behaviorist and as you know, that's a good one. The, yes. the more than three quarters <laughs> of our mind is really goes into the subconscious. Was mean, yeah, like you said, we're taking all this information wherever right. it is, sight, sound, but the most of it we shove it because, like you said, otherwise we'd be like, huh? And only twelve yeah, percent. Yeah, but it's in there. Exactly. And that's why people sometimes do things that they themselves don't understand. But, and I mean, yeah. we could go into uh, people being in light hypnotic trances. We have a lot of subliminal, well, I don't want to say subliminal, let me take that back, but certain uh, beats and even commercials and movies and certain music rhythms will put you into a light hypnotic trance and make you more receptive yeah. and it goes into your subconscious mind, blah, blah, blah. So yes, but that we're but being see, bombarded, people don't so realize important. it. Huh? That to me is the, that to me is the future of paranormal research. Yes. Because for so long, think about like 10, well, even maybe five to 10 years ago, everybody was focused on things like ghost hunting. And mm-hmm. it was all about external, looking yes. for, you know, running around with your equipment, looking for external signals and, and data. But now uh, we have to take into account psychology Physi- our, our own human physiology, mm-hmm. physics, and as you said, behavioral science, because, you know, if our subconscious is programming the vast majority of what we perceive yes. as reality, that means that we're blocking out a huge chunk of reality just because our subconscious decided, no, you know, that's not important exactly. to you. And, exactly. and so all of that stuff we need to take into account. And that might explain why you could be standing next to somebody and they see a ghost and you're like, huh? <laughs> what? No, well, I don't see nothing, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, this is, you know, and a lot of it, people don't realize that behavior modification, anybody that really wants to modify your behavior is really going to go after your subconscious mind, not your conscious mind. Exactly. Your conscious mind like is cult. only what we yeah. need to, like what we're doing now to drive the car, you know, make sure you don't get run over yep. across the street. <laughs> Things like that. That's your conscious mind, but really who's in the driver's seat is your subconscious mind. And if anybody wants to modify their behavior or somebody's trying to modify somebody else's behavior, whether it's an individual or in group, really who they're going to talk to is the person subconscious because eventually that's really what either for good or bad, whatever. Um, Yeah, that's all the power is. That's what's driving your, that's like the gas that's driving your car. Yes, yes. And, you know, I think that plays into the paranormal, too, because if you say, oh, I would love to see a ghost, I believe in ghosts, but Mm -hmm. subconsciously you don't or you're terrified, you could be blocking your own ability to perceive things that are around you. So it's just so much more than just the external stuff. And I think that that's where 
we might get some really cool answers if people keep going in that direction. You know what, in my experience, Marie, some of the most psychic people I know, and what I mean psychic, some of them, like you said, they have a handle mm-hmm. on it and other run away from it in the other direction. Some of them usually right. have a slight problem, well, different levels of, with anxiety. Okay, they're maybe a little bit yeah. bordering on hypervigilance. Sometimes having to do nothing with the paranormal, but but that ability, that hypervigilance is the what part of what makes their brain sometimes pick on stuff that other people that don't. Right. Yeah. And some of them really get that they they wig out. They don't want have to have anything to do with the paranormal. They don't even want to see people with a mask on. So yeah, isn't that weird? They don't seek publicity or celebrity or no. fame or anything like that. They're like, oh, please no, no. And this is just too much. It's, I, it's exhausting. Yes, and them. it is. Yeah. It is, and it's. I mean, it's 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 almost like the people that don't want to see him are the ones that see him the most. <laughs> and it's because I know, they're... and that's so frustrating. And then I'm sitting here like, oh, for God's sakes, come on, how many books do I have to write? Yes. You know, or how many... yes. <laughs> yes. And a but lot then, of people, then, sometimes have they have the experience something. and because everybody always wants, you know, like the, 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 the full Monty, give me a full body apparition, you know, that I'll be, be terrified. <laughs> I would be scared. I really, I'm being honest with you. I'm probably subconsciously blocking it because I would be terrified. <laughs> sometimes then, or, or people, sometimes they witness things, they see things, but at the moment it doesn't look paranormal. It doesn't appear to be paranormal. They think it's normal, whatever it is, whether they see a person later on, it's when they realize, hey, wait a minute. Or somebody tells them, no, that person. That, yeah. And they're like, oh, my God. that." <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, then, and then they question what they saw, which yes. makes it even more complicated. Yes. You know, which I you imagine. wondering, oh, is that what I really saw? Maybe not, you know. Exactly. Which, you know, yeah. a lot of people also, the ones that, like you said, like you were talking about that. You thought in childhood when you saw what what later on you realized was a gray, you know what's was that what did I did see that did I dream it you know like what was that exactly but you did recognize it later on when you when you saw it right as far as that's what I saw when I was a kid I did and it also made more sense that it would be a gray than a skeleton head if it were real it's like yeah well you know I would sooner believe that that was a little gray. Mm-hmm. Um, it then a skeleton and the thing is is since childhood i have had recurring ufo dreams okay. and they would go in cycles you know and they would always be the same thing i would be somewhere either with family or friends or out out and about and i would get this awful feeling of like oh my god of foreboding of something awful is going to happen mm-hmm. and i'd look up and i'd see something coming you know light getting brighter brighter and in my head in the dream thinking I need to get to safety because if that thing lands, they're coming for me. Now, okay. I have had those That's dreams a very unusual dream. Think about it. Over and over again. For someone who's, who then, and I've also had missing time. But here's oh, really? the thing. I still, I think I have my dad's sort of scientist skeptic mind because mm-hmm. I still can't find anything definitive to say, oh, something must have happened. Maybe it's maybe I only had all those dreams and things because I was fascinated with the subject. Right. I don't know the chicken or the egg. Which one came first? Yes, you know? exactly. But yeah, but it and is. And this kind is the thing, <laughs> you know, contrary to what most people think, 
people in this field sometimes are the worst skeptics. <laughs> There are a lot of skeptics know, because you're like, yeah. you're constantly questioning. Come on, you know, you go through this checklist now. It, could it be this, 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 this is before you kind of go in the direction, okay, this is unexplained or could right. it be paranormal? I don't know. I think that might be good though, that we kind of keep ourselves in check because the people that I want to punch are the ones that everything is paranormal. Everything. Oh. It's like, no, 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 not everything. And then no. you have the other extreme where nothing is paranormal. Those are both extremists yeah. to me. So I think it is good to, to kind of keep yourself in check you know what? But also admit when it is something that's beyond your level of explanation. <laughs> I really think that those diehard skeptics, the ones that is like, I think that I think those are the ones that hunger for proof more than anybody else. And oh, they're I just so they mad that they're they hungering really for it, it that they just go in the other direction and say, forget it, it doesn't exist. And they, as a matter of fact, they go out of their way to debunk. You know, people yeah, in that field. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird psychological thing. I agree with yeah. you. And I, mean, I think, um, yeah, and I think a lot of them become so attached to their skepticism that then they're, it's hard for them to let go of it when they do experience something that doesn't match with that. You know, it's like yes, people yes. know that I'm such a skeptic. I can't admit, you know, that I, that I didn't understand this. <laughs> so, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. And, you know, that you were talking about the UFOs and that, you know, back in December, they kind of admitted finally that there was a program that was being funded for in the, what's called UFOs, whether they're out right, of, off yeah. planet or this planet origins, that which was, that was the first time that we had ever had any type of admission along those lines. And, um, and yeah, and to me, it's like big deal. I knew that. I know to me, it was like, <laughs> And everybody, and some, and I've said this before in other shows. I say, you know, everybody, you know, you know, like let's say the X Files. That not only does let's say the government knows they've got this huge, you know, thing going on with the with the extraterrestrials. And I'm thinking, I think sometimes people don't realize that maybe they're holding back on telling the public at large because they're afraid to admit of how much they don't know. Because I think people would really wig out. Oh, I love that. If, Absolutely, that's one of my. They Best tell them, yeah, on disclosure. we, yeah, yeah. We, we, we've got There's... proof, but you know, of course everybody's going to say, who are they? What are they? Where are they from? What do they want? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I think people would yeah. be, what, what because do you mean you don't know? <laughs> they would go nuts because that would be an admission that we know they're out here, but we don't have any control. <laughs> yes. Sorry, and people, everybody, you're on your own. <laughs> everybody's always banking on that. Oh, that we've known for years and that we've got like, we're in yeah. good and they've given us technology and, and that. And I'm thinking, exactly. you know what? I don't care. I'd be more scared if my government, my leaders turn around and say, or admit, yes, we've been visited and all these, maybe these sightings are, you know, UFOs that are not man-made as in from this planet. And then right. every question that comes after that is we don't know. Do they want to hurt us? We don't know. Are they friendly? We don't know. Do they have a cookbook? We don't know. We yeah. don't know. <laughs> You I know, mean, like really, the, the Twilight Zone show. It is. And not to mention the fact that even if they came out and said, yes, they're friendly, you still have half the population that would think the government is lying, right? Yeah. They're so. lying to us. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I just, to me, that's something that I think about all the time. It's like, how would it maybe play out? It, it, there, it's, a, it's a no-win situation no matter how you do it. If you come on, TV and say we know everything 
there are enemies, panic. If you come on TV and say, we know they're there, but we don't know very much, panic. If you come on TV and say, we know they're there and they seem friendly, panic. Because people are going to believe it or perceive it the way that they are, you know, that their behavior dictates. So somebody may say, that's wonderful, they're our friends. And then you'd have the guy next to them saying, it's all a conspiracy. The government isn't telling us the truth. They're really right. reptilians, and, you know, they're going to kill us. So, oh, my God, they can't win. They probably are like, we are never going to go on TV with full disclosure because the, look at what happens when a city wins a basketball playoff. People riot. Can you imagine? Yes. The rioting and uprising because you'd have the religious folk wanting to know if they believe in God and, or Jesus or Buddha or Allah it or what, be. or are they atheists? Yeah. You People have, don't realize um, that, you know, oh. when, and, and I'm sure you remember back in 1999 when they were coming out with all these end of the world movies, it was Armageddon and what was it? Impact. <laughs> yeah. Impact, and there was yeah. oh, the one with the meteor that in one of the yeah. scenes, Morgan I Freeman is, uh, they don't want to disclose it because <laughs> they're afraid impact. the economy is going to fall apart because people are just going right. to just stop doing everything. And I and think... that movie, everybody died in the end. I, that was creepy. Oh, I know. It was like, unless <laughs> unless you were one of the lucky few and got to the top of the mountain or you were special, to, that's yeah. it, you're out of luck. <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you this much. Because of my age, I'd have been like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'd be like, I know. I'd be I'm like, done. you I'm know toast. what? Forget it. I had a good run. <laughs> right, and it's like, but, but the thing is that there was that one scene where you know the Earth is facing annihilation, but they're refusing to tell the public because they think the society will come to a grinding halt and everybody will stop. It'll be like every man for himself. It'll be everybody wild, and yeah. I don't think. I mean, obviously, annihilation of the Earth is much worse, but I think that if it, if they ever admitted of how much, how little they know versus what they don't know. Are there right. more than one kind? Uh, we don't know. I think people right. would just what do they wig want? out. They would, yeah. I mean, I would too, even though I like to say, oh, I can't wait. You know, I know they're there. It wouldn't be a big deal to me. Oh my God, of course it would. Because then you just start asking questions of yourself. You start yeah. doubting your whole life. You start doubting your whole identity. You wonder, is my kid, are my kids going to be protected? What's going to happen? Can mm-hmm. I go to the grocery store, you know, without getting zapped? Your whole life would be yes. totally upended. Yes. Even and if you thought you wanted to hear that. <laughs> well, I, I think yeah. that kind of, you know, how they say, well, you know, we've been acclimated via Hollywood for the, you know, you know, in other words, back in the 50s and the 60s, we had all the Cold War movies. But now afterwards, when we had all these, you know, movies that are mm-hmm. like, it's OK, it's OK. I still think that we all have that fantasy that everything will be taken care of. And if that ever became reality, I see a we lot flip. of people would not be we able to handle it. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, watching a movie is still, that's a vicarious experience. And you can still, you're still separated from it enough to not freak out. But if it's like looking out your window and seeing it, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a Well, and, and uh, Stephen Hawking, may he rest in peace, you know, that last little snippet that he did, right. like, yeah, we'd be at the short end of the stick because technologically, obviously, we're inferior and that, that usually doesn't bode well for, for people or civilization. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm sure everybody would be like, yeah. oh, 
I mean, it's it's. I think it's exciting, and I definitely think that obviously there is you know extraterrestrials off planet. Whether they're interdimensional from outer space, who knows if there's more than one. Um, the other, what was it? The other day, I was listening to a theory that they believe that there's even more than one, and that they have basically, they're warring against each other, and we're caught in the middle. And I mean, I know there's a lot of theories going out there, but yeah, yeah. At the hey, end of the day, and any of those, yeah, any of those, and all of those could be true. That's what's yeah. so scary. Yes, yes, <laughs> is that they could all be true. Yeah, and so. um, Marie, well. And, and I see, I mean, obviously, besides the, the UFOs, I see that you wrote a book about demons and fallen angels. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I got to tell you, that was actually one of the most enlightening experiences. Really? Um, I, I had a pub, the publisher asked me to write about the subject. And I thought, uh, with Larry Flaxman, who I've written a number of books with, and I wasn't real keen on doing it just because you know it's, it's kind of creepy mm-hmm. but I said all right I'll take it on I like a good challenge and we did a lot of research and it ended up being a really fascinating learning experience because when you look at the history of these ideas idea the concept of evil of devils and demons angels and you know good versus bad and duality and all of that and you look at the origins of all of it, you get a much different appreciation and understanding than just by looking at demons today, like in the movies, you know, or with the church and exorcism. That's such a limited viewpoint. And it took away a lot of the fear, if not all of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was just fascinating. It was absolutely fascinating. But, you know, it's funny because the book is so full of information that we found, but people are reluctant to buy it and read it because of that sort of stigma. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't want demons to visit me if I start reading it. Right. Like I didn't do anything when I was writing it. Yeah. Um, And also, oh, I know they're bad. Well, no, not necessarily. Learn about what the Catholic Church had to do with how we perceive these ideas, how they created a lot of the evil connotations to like witches and you know um, shamans and all that and how everything was demonic to people that didn't understand that nature could kill you with a volcano or an earthquake and it wasn't a demon it was just my, you know so all of this stuff it's a fantastic book that totally changed my perception and perspective and opened my eyes um, to you know, where this, the whole good versus evil, where it started, and how it just got so evolved into what we have today, the more religious connotation. Well, and people, you know, I, I know, you know, like, I'm going to blame Hollywood again. You know, that's why a lot of times we get like a certain idea of when the, you, you use that fallen angel or the demon, those words, you know. But right. you know, that, I mean, there's a lot of references to whether you want to call them demons for lack of a better words pre pre uh, judeo-christian uh you know civilizations or writings i mean there's a most uh ancient civilizations had reference to it whether like you said it was tied into something inexplicable as far as nature or 
truthfully, um, something that was malevolent. You know, right. whether well, it was human bad, or non-human. Yeah, yeah. If you know, and it's just bizarre that where this began is well, primitive humans categorized everything that happened to them as either being beneficial to their survival or detrimental to their survival. And then over time, that evolved into good versus bad or good versus evil. And that became God versus devil, you know, because they want, they needed a sort of symbolic representation of that concept. And it just really evolved from there. And it's really fascinating because this this is our history as human beings. It's not just, Mm -hmm. you know, do you believe in demons or not? I mean, this goes way beyond that. It's really, really cool to look at the history of, of humanity and how these ideas all came about. Um, you know, and a lot of it started in really simple ways with this is good, that's bad. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? it's cause and effect. Cause and right. effect. Um, uh, the other day I was um, looking at these specials that they were doing about the Mayans and the the Aztecs. You know, they, they had some you know, a lot of human sacrifice, some more than others. I know the Mayans were, Yeah. they were killing they everybody. Were, yeah. But then others would only do it when they had stuff like drought, famine. Yeah, it was, yeah. Pestilence. It, a, it was like a special occasion. <laughs> right, like, like exactly, like, okay, we need to appease the gods because we've, something's going on. <laughs> or in, you know, right. or in some cases, um, <laughs> ritual you know killings of enemies you know have prisoners in other words and then others yeah, yeah. they would do it as part of their religious based even the ones that did it a lot it was always to appease the gods the or gods. to keep you know yeah. having bountiful harvest i, I mean i wouldn't right. have wanted to be around at that time but um it all depends on your perspective on or the understanding of that civilization as to what's good what's bad yeah and uh well because yeah if you think about it the mayans they didn't they didn't think that they were being evil when they sacrificed somebody into a volcano or what have you they thought they were doing something good we perceive it as evil because somebody died because you didn't understand the science behind the natural world you know, that volcano was not attacking your tribe. That volcano was doing, so they don't understand how the earth worked, or they didn't right. until, you know, more scientific understanding came along. Right. But So to them, it was like, no, 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 we're trying to save the, the tribe. We're trying to save everybody. And right, yeah, exactly. You could see that. Exactly, and when they did it, even when things weren't bad, they were doing it to ensure that things stayed good. Uh, good yeah <laughs> like hey we're gonna have enough rain and we're gonna be able to grow our crops and everything will be good or uh, things and it wasn't you know yeah it was like i said it depends on your understanding of um i mean i could up to a certain point you understand let's say when they kill prisoners that's that's war you know they had these wars but as far as uh the ritualistic sacrifice most of them, no well i want to say all the time it was tied in somehow to either fertility rights or trying to keep the gods happy you know they thought of blood as being very special and but of course we look at yeah. it with our present day moderns you know and we're like huh right right <laughs> I don't or did, like... you, did they really do that well that was their level of their knowledge at the time they exactly. honestly thought i better 
we better make the god of that volcano happy so he doesn't blow us up again. Right. I mean, and, and like you said, you have to look at it from their viewpoint, not ours today in modern society. Well, and, and this is the thing that, and, and you mentioned it earlier as far as like, you know, like in the Ghostbusters, don't cross the streams when it comes, let's say, to the paranormal and science. For all that they had, they were great astronomers, they were great builders as far as a science. I mean, you know, they didn't have all the modern machinery that say that we have nowadays. And they no, they built like a lot of these ancient civilizations, they built huge uh, buildings. And then, of course, from that, we can go into did they have help from? And the aliens, yeah, isn't that, yeah, because isn't that weird how they could be so advanced on, on this, but so behind on this, you know, so that, that is kind of, you know, does kind of make you think, well, did they have help with the, with the real high-tech stuff? Because if we look at the fact that they're still sacrificing people, that means that they're not as advanced a civilization as we thought they were, Um but yeah, that's definitely true. Right. That they, as a matter of fact, not too long ago, they discovered other drawings in Nazca and Peru. You know, they had those, they found some smaller ones that now, you know, of course, with this wonderful Google satellite the, that they could oh, see. Oh, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, they found some that they hadn't been able to before because of the way, and they were a little bit smaller, and of course, because of how much time so they kind of saw it from the satellite, and then they sent out teams, and they kind of found that they have a, a bunch of other drawings out there in Nazca. And again, you ask yourself, yeah. what is a civilization doing these drawings <laughs> from something obviously you can only see from space or right. from very elevated altitude? It's like... Yeah, what's the point of that? And how would you even know that you got the drawing right? right. How do you know it looks like something unless you could... And I remember reading, oh, you know, they had these outcroppings that they could stand on that were like a million miles away, and they still weren't high enough. I, I, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. That, that might be reaching. And again, even if they had some big outcropping that they could see, mm-hmm. why were they doing it? Just so yes. they could go up on their outcropping and look at the pretty picture they made? I'm pretty sure they had more important things to worry about. Yes. Than just drawing pretty meaningless pictures, like surviving. Surviving, so survival, yes. And, yeah. And that's the thing. For a civilization at that time to put in that time and effort, yes. that has to be important to them enough to do it. Right. The manpower that you have, would have to divert, yeah. whether right. from hunting or agriculture or war, for a lot, a long time. Yeah. because. Yeah. Oh, let's go draw some pictures. <laughs> right, like it's all sure. we have nothing better to do. Let's go out Sunday and uh, you know, <laughs> or the next yeah. holiday. Let's, let's go draw just draw some lines. No, they. It's let's like, draw some lines so someday people will look at them and we'll think, them. you know, the aliens did. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's pretty funny. I mean, we could go into oh. that. Um, also, the fact that. You know, and I'm sure you've seen, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, all these um, different civilizations that did a version of the pyramid building, you know, whether it was, of course, Egypt or the Mayans or Angkor Wat, you know, they all have that same idea. And even I think it was, I want to say it was the Incas where they found those, you know, even when they did sacrifices, they would put them up at the very highest 
point of the mountain. It's almost yeah. like this is as close as we can get to the heavens. To God, right. As an, God an offering. Body. Yeah. 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 And yeah, yeah the pyramids, they have them in the Koreas, mm-hmm. north of South Korea, they found them. In Cambodia, in Bolivia, they're all over the world. Yes. So that must mean something. Um, of course. And again, that they took the time out of their survival skills to build those things. It couldn't have been easy. You know, either no. somebody built them for them or they really thought this is important. We have to build these. I'm th- I, they, a lot of them, most engineers will nowadays, they really haven't really given a good explanation as to how they did it uh considering you know these different civilizations at different times whether some of them didn't even have like for example like over there in in mesoamerica they didn't have pack animals they didn't have so it's like uh same thing yeah this kind of pulley system i mean i like how they are trying but they will really reach you know with their possible explanations like well it took you know you you could do it with 200,000 people it's like really really you think that's how it was done and it would take 20 years right you know why again ask yourself why first of all if that was how it was built it must have been awfully dang important to somebody to build that thing it must have had an incredible meaning or purpose yes and pretty much I think you would find Proof of 20 years of time passage in the dirt, the sediment, the rock, whatever, that would, would lead to that theory. So, yeah, it's really funny because, I mean, there are people that will say, oh, they know the pyramids were built by humans. Well, how do you know that? Well, there was some TV show that said it was, oh, <laughs> okay, good. Right. I'm glad that's how you're defining reality by, you know, no. I saw it on the TV show. <laughs> because you know what? I mean, don't get me wrong, but back then, you know, if you manpower was important as far as you know for civilization they needed their populace yeah, to be doing defense. something right it yeah. wasn't a lot like die, here nowadays out to die out making you a pyramid when you might be yes. going to war with another nation or tribe soon yeah it's ridiculous and a lot of people and if we go down that rabbit hole and then you think about and it makes you wonder if you know let's say we're thinking okay where was their interpretation of gods where was it visitations from aliens again fallen right. angels or demonic beings were they also aliens but the ones that maybe were not so friendly we could look at it yeah. also they, that yeah. way um, were they mistaken aliens for angels because they came from the sky yes or exactly. were they mistaking you know cryptozoological creatures for mm-hmm. demons because they you know had red glowing eyes and were not really friendly exactly. so yeah we have to ask ourselves that too right you know whether it's you know are we talking uh a rip between dimensions parallel worlds i mean that that right there because you know i, I tell everybody you know everybody of course looks to the heavens as far as extraterrestrial or life from another universe but what if really the way they get from point A to point B is via dimensional, you know, some obviously something we don't know how to do or understand. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's pure physics, and it makes a hell of a lot more sense than them coming from another planet, you know, out yes. there in the 
because in a lot of the UFO sightings, in fact, probably, I, I don't know if I would say a majority of them, but a good chunk of UFO sightings don't sound like a physical object that came flying across the sky and then flew off. Mm-hmm. People will say it just appeared in the sky and then it vanished, you know, as if it were coming from another dimension, a parallel universe, another timeline or reality where just for a few seconds we got a glimpse of it before it. And, and sometimes people will say things like, you know, there was my husband and I were walking our dog and we smelled sulfur and, and there was like an elect, electric sort of static in our hair on our arms was standing on end and it just everything felt a little disoriented then the whatever appeared and it kind of flickered in and out of vision like it was being projected from like a movie projector mm-hmm. and then it vanished so that's not like a solid bigfoot creature who runs out of the forest hi you know here i am and then runs back in right there's some other stuff going on there so right. yeah it could be anything I and think, I think that applies for some different types of ghost sightings, too. <clears throat> you right. know, some people say oh, the ghost appeared almost solid and it interacted with me. And then sometimes it just sort of floats on by and it doesn't even notice that you're looking at exactly. it. Exactly. Or, you hear, or, or you know, you have like the smells or things of something that was being done and it's almost like, uh, you're witnessing it. What whatever daily life maybe was very repetitive. Yeah. It's almost like it's happening at the exactly. same time in your same timeline, and they kind of cross. Yeah, that's like deja vu. That's what I think deja yes. vu is. Yes, you're experiencing yourself in another timeline or or reality or universe that is just a little tiny bit off sync from this one, and and it's just for a few seconds. Right, and the and the and I know that there's there's uh, theories out there that people say well. You know, when there's a spike sometimes in UFO sightings, there's a spike in sightings of either Bigfoot or other cryptids, and they try to link them yeah. up. And I'm thinking, you know what, maybe that, maybe, what, this is Marlene's theory going out there, but here we go. Maybe when these extraterrestrials uh, do a maybe a, a rip or a tear or a slide or whatever it is that they do from one dimension, other things pop in and out, take the opportunity. Yeah. To come through, you know. We're going to open a wormhole for whoever wants to come visit Earth. Right. It'll only be open for three days. And as silly as that sounds, it makes a whole lot of sense. Like, open that that doorway. And they're not going to be the only things coming through. Right. And possibly, you know, things are going out. Like, you know, you always wonder with all these missing persons and people that disappear in the woods or whatever and never, ever locate any remains or anything, you know, missing animals, people that have time slips, are they going in and out of that same doorway? Some of them come back, some don't, like the Bermuda Triangle. So, yeah, I mean, I think your theory is a good one because I would think the same thing. It's like the timing is right, we're opening the door, you know, it's like when you, um, on Black Friday, when you go shopping, and they open the door and everybody floods in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, well, maybe on the other side of whatever it is, after a while they learn, hey, whenever one of those things with the lights come through, you yeah, know, it's no. like, jump through. Yeah, I mean. I mean, doesn't that make sense to explain? Yes, yes, I, I think exactly. even ghost sightings go up. It's, yeah, it definitely. You know, it's like if the opportunity is there, 
physically for that stuff to come through, then it would be more than just one type of phenomenon. Right. Or I think that's cool. (laughs) Right. Or the, you know, you've heard of all these, you know, the, the, many years ago or hundreds of years ago time where you know where a certain town or part will say they kind of seen some cryptid and they'll see it for five six seven months and then all of a sudden the sightings yeah. stop and like mothman yeah right mothman other weird stuff and it just the suddenly as it comes and it stops and you have a bunch of people that are saying we saw it we saw this we saw this yeah and why not why couldn't it be something along that just came over this side and um, for all we know, even the, even the extraterrestrials might be saying, get that thing back in here because it shouldn't have gone over there. It's like when you open up a corral and all the horses yeah, it's get like, out. You know, it's like, oh no, my no, God. No, I only wanted those two. <laughs> Wait, the humans aren't ready for this. Go get it quick. Bring it back. Exactly. I mean, yeah, we take control of the crazy black eyed kids. Get them back in here. But I, I, I really think that if we haven't been able to explain it in light of just being physical objects that exist on our planet, there's a whole universe out there. We're told there's parallel universes. We're told there's other dimensions, possibly other alternate timelines. Why could this, a lot of this stuff, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it come from those places? And that's why it's not consistent. You know, it's like, well, I see a ghost every day, and he lives next door. But it's not consistent like that. It doesn't happen every day. It doesn't happen at the same time, unless it's a weird imprint type of ghost. Um, it's so erratic and inconsistent that you have to look beyond something that, you know, it lives out in the woods, and you've got a million people chasing after it, and they still can't find the dang thing. Well, maybe it runs in the woods, and then it goes up its little vortex into the reality that it's from. I mean, we assume Bigfoot is physical. We really don't know that. Well, I can, the only thing I can say as far as all of this is concerned is that you have to have an open mind about the possibility. Yes, Uh, yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> I know that a lot of it sounds like, but anything is possible because we don't have proof. We don't have proof for it, but we don't have proof contrary. Exactly. So. Yeah. And you can't, and no longer can we just say ghosts are the essence of a dead person because right. we don't know now. There are so many different types of ghost sightings yes. that there might be eight or nine different explanations. Sure. Yeah. We We really don't know. Is it? Do we just exist because now we don't have a human body, but we're self-aware and our consciousness exists on another level where human, where you don't need a human body to exist anymore, but right. you know, you're still self-aware. I mean, the possibilities are endless, and unless you're on the other side, you won't ever know. But I know. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things. Sad. Like I guess I'll find out when I get there. I mean, even though I'm not in no hurry to get I there. Hope so. Wouldn't it be funny? Yeah, you you die, and then there's like a whole another set of questions that like, okay, now we got to figure out what this is about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like everybody said, like who who said that? <laughs> you were like, what's that rest in peace part about? I don't. <laughs> I know. Now I got a whole new set of paranormal phenomena to deal with. <laughs> and Maria, I'm gonna ask you. See, you wrote a book called Super Volcano, and that when I looked at that, I was just thinking about what's going on in Hawaii that they've got those eruptions. Yeah. 
Oh, and yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was watching a clip of this these lava things shooting up in the air right next to somebody's yard, and I'd be like, who's living there? Hello? Can you believe it? And those people are like, yeah, it happens all the time. And they I... always go back. And the lava, the lava is like creeping up on their house, you know, and they only have maybe a couple of hours to evacuate. I would seriously not live there, but I guess Hawaii is so beautiful. Yeah. People just, you know, they, I think they put up with it. Like I live in San Diego, we put up with earthquakes and wildfires and, People that live in the Midwest put up with tornadoes and, you know, hurricanes, blizzards, whatnot. So, but it is, and yeah, and that's a very small volcano compared to a super volcano. So, well, they were, but um, even that, you could see the damage. Yeah, but they were saying also that they have to worry about these, uh, basically poison gases that come oh, out. The, yeah, sulfuric gases. Yeah, exactly. And people don't realize that. You have a bunch of tourists that, oh, let's go see the lava. Let's go. Let's see how close we can get. And they have no idea they're exposing themselves to toxic gases. Let me ask you, is it's there like an... tornado an... chasers. <laughs> I mean, you, you, everybody tells me hurricanes. I say, you know what? At the very least, in a hurricane, they give you fair warning. And you can either yeah. get your stuff and leave and go to the state and just come back and deal with what whatever is here or the flooding debris yeah yeah or you stay here i mean i was born and raised in miami so i've been through a bunch of hurricanes some worse than others but at at the very least it's something that you can have choices about but um, and the volcanoes i take it the same thing you know if there's enough heads up that you get but i was looking at this absolutely do you um yeah you get is there any truth that they were saying that at some point that California is going to have another big earthquake like they had? I know oh, they absolutely. had. That's, yeah, that was my dad. My dad was a geophysicist. And okay. His background was seismology, earthquakes, volcanoes. Absolutely. We're, we're sitting on one of the biggest faults in the country that has been ready to, to break in various parts. For a long, long time, nobody can quite say. That's the bad thing about earthquakes is any lead time you get is going to be just a matter of seconds. Yes. Um, but so it's something that we live with every day. Right. And yeah. It's either going to happen down here where I'm like at the southern part of Southern California mm-hmm. or a little bit closer to Central California. Now, here's the problem with the San Andreas Fault. The San Andreas Fault is linked tech tectonically linked mm-hmm. to the uh, Long Valley Caldera, which is a supervolcano. And it is a supervolcano that has the capacity of being almost as big as Yellowstone if Yellowstone were to completely super erupt. But the thing about Yellowstone is it's not tectonically linked to a massive fault line. So if we had an 8.0 earthquake, right. On the Southern San Andreas Fault, it could, it could, and my dad and I wrote about this in Super Volcano, it could trigger a super eruption at Long Valley. Could, not, you know, not positive, but that possibility is if the research, there's some research that shows that it possibly could do that. That's really scary. Wow. But you know what? An asteroid could enter the atmosphere very quickly and, and hit us and, it's just like you got to just live your life, be prepared. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? I'm it, it, more afraid of tornadoes. Those things. Oh, yeah. No. Me I, because... 
One time, as they're, a matter of fact, just wicked. I was one time we were. This was back in the eighties. We, me and my my husband, we went to, we took a trip, you know, cross country in our little Chevy van up to Yellowstone, and we were heading east, and we went to the Dakotas and. This kid, he wasn't watching what he was doing. He bumped us in the back, and we got off, and we're like, and he's like looking at us, like all wigged out. He's like, don't you hear that? We're like, you hear what? We, we, we realize he's sorry. He goes, there's a tornado coming, and we're like, huh? And he oh goes, just God, just go to that no store. Way. Don't worry. And we see people running, running into like stores oh and things, and we, me and him are like, what? <laughs> and we followed uh. over there. We got in there. It was like a little 7-Eleven kind of store. Yeah. And that was a big deal. And we were like the two dumbasses. <laughs> like, stop, you just hit our car. I mean, you know, you think about a tornado and you can kind of see where it's coming, where it's going. But uh, like a, hur- or a hurricane or an earthquake yeah. or a super volcanic eruption, they're more widespread. But tornadoes scare me because if, they, if, if you can't get away and they change direction, I don't know, there's just something really terrifying to me about a tornado i think just the way it looks you know that idea that if you can't get out of the way or it changes direction you're going to get sucked up into this vortex and thrown 20 miles away they're just so intimidating to me um people that live in tornado alley and deal with them all the time i, I don't tell know you. how they do it yeah, I, th- I think that um that and the fear that you would let's say you like you said you're living your life and somebody's at work and your kids are at school and something happens and you have no idea yeah. if they're okay. Uh, that I, I don't know if I could deal with that because that right there of like, yeah, that's the hard part. People need to know what to do and, well, and how to prepare and how to communicate if cell phones, you know, cell phone towers go down and all that stuff. No, let me tell you something. I've realized so that, that <laughs> people don't realize that when something like that happens, your cell is basically useless nine times out of 10. Yeah. It's, exactly. Everybody thinks that it, it it doesn't work either because the 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 there's too many people calling or the, everything is down and it just doesn't oh, work. Yeah, everybody's trying to call somebody and say, "Are you okay?" or "Or I'm okay." You know, yeah. don't worry about me. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's like a and and that was another thing that I was like I I read a short little blurb that uh like you were talking about how sometimes when you have when they had that what's going on and and i have no idea if it's connected you know with what's going on in hawaii but then they had a real short little tremor close to new orleans like a really rare and i was like new orleans what yeah you know a lot of it's from fracking too i mean it's definitely related to fracking and oklahoma uh you know there's a, a huge fault line nearby but it's not active uh, right. But they're having a lot of smaller. It, so it, you know what? No matter where you are, there's yeah, there's, there's always something, something that you got to deal with and worry about. People say, "Oh, I'll move to Florida." Um, hello, hurricanes. Yeah, and let me tell you something. <laughs> oh, and a lot of Montana. people don't realize hello, blizzards. Yeah. Like a lot of people, yeah. unless you live all the way up in northern Florida, since we're a peninsula, if you decide you're going to leave, guess what? Those highways become jammed really quick, and it's a long state to get yeah. out of. So unless you're it really close is, to the Georgia yeah. state line, you're going to be sitting in traffic <gasps> on the way out of here if Can you, you get imagine? out. That's probably, yeah, I mean, that's scary. That means that's going to be where most of the bad stuff is going to happen. It'll be while yeah. you're sitting trying to get out, you know. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've been to some really bad hurricanes. And like you said, after a while, it's like nobody likes to think about it because that's how, how us humans, you know, we 
we function. And um, yeah. and that's the thing, and you made good reference to it. Even nowadays, can you imagine when we're talking ancient civilizations, when they were faced with these catastrophes that, you know, they didn't have the the benefit of science to explain, hey, you know. Right, they didn't know. Yeah, there must be a God, and he's angry at us because look yeah, at all that red do? hot lava coming exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Quick, sacrifice <laughs> some virgins. Yes, they got to be yeah. virgins. <laughs> If you can find some. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. Just like, because, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's the, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, you better lose your virginity quick. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, the, the people don't realize that. Um, I, I think personally, and I tell everybody personally, I think the paranormal, everybody sometimes thinks paranormal is just ghosts. To me, paranormal is ghosts or the existence of, what happens to us after death, it encompasses Yeah, I mean, UFOs, anything that's not normal, right? Cryptids, <laughs> you know, uh, everything that's out there. And, um, you know, some people will say, well, as be- we become more technologically advanced. Uh, and, th- and that's another thing. Now we got the specter sometime that we have of AI, you know, as in the Terminator Skynet thing going on. It's like, we, we love to make up things that are going to, you know, basically do away yeah, with us isn't that weird we like to think about that stuff yeah you know <laughs> as but, depressing as it is yeah that 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 they say you know as become as our technology advances we we want we still want mystery or the unexplained and things like that and um i mean we could we could go on and on even like okay well does ai when does it become sentient will it become sentient and then Again. Yeah, then we got to worry about that, right? That's like, oh, God, then we got to worry about robots and stuff taking over. Yeah, it's like, yeah, let's like, <clears throat> all right, uh, we're, we're having, yeah, we're, we, we've got good imaginations. And I tell everybody, you know what? I understand. Hey, I wouldn't mind if robots did all the drudge work that humans have to do, that mind-numbing stuff. But yes. <laughs> on the other hand, I'd be like, you know, Wow, what if, let's face it, what if I'm on the, let's say, on the short end of the stick or something like that? I mean, it's like there's always a, a downside to too much automation, I guess. I'm still, I guess I, I can't deny I was born in the 20th century. <laughs> and then, you know. Yeah, it's a different mindset than these young people today. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's like, um, let's face it, we've seen a lot of, and I tell everybody, God, once upon a time, I I had a daytimer. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. And, I ran my life pager. out of a daytimer, and uh, and then I got a beeper. <laughs> so it was this thing of Isn't this phone that thing that now people can't live without their phones. That was, hey, I didn't have to worry about. We did things. just fine. We did just fine without yeah. these phones, you know. And now we're glued to them too. So we can't. I guess we can't complain too much. I have my, my, my I have my own theories that uh, we we because we have to be instantly available whether it's emails or phones I think that's up to stress level but you know sometimes yeah. it's better oh, just nobody people who are patient they called you nobody was home they'd call later or they sent you something in the mail yeah or leave a me- and and then then we have the ability to leave a message and now yes. it's just like exactly. and now it's like the second I turn my phone on people start messaging me because I guess yes on facebook or something they can see that i'm on mm-hmm. my phone it's like are you serious can exactly. i have my coffee first right you exactly 
Yeah, and even yeah, even I, I the most the ones I get it from my kids are adults, but you know they don't live with me. But I'm still supposed to be like the twenty four seven like, mom, why didn't you pick up the phone? I was taking a Yeah, shower, exactly. you know. I do take a shower every day, and I don't take the Yeah. phone in there with me. You know, they're like, I know. <laughs> That's eventually their phones are just, I think, going to be built in as a chip in the brain. <laughs> yeah, So you don't have to, you know, worry about not having it in the shower. <laughs> I know. God, God forbid. Don't even say that. Don't even say that because I know pretty soon, it. you know. I know. But anyway, Marie, I would like to thank you so, so much for spending this time. It has been great to speak to you because... It You, has been a blast. Absolutely. you've delved into all those areas which delight the paranormal enthusiasts, you know, all those wonderful, like, <laughs> oh, they're not dark corners anymore. <laughs> they're kind of, they're not that dark. But we like shine I some said, light. Woohoo! <laughs> you know what, I'm sure there's a lot of mysteries yet that we have to experience because like everything else, once you make a discovery, then there's something else out there that you realize you, or as humans, we don't know about or we don't understand. So God, yeah. It's uh, it's an exciting time to be alive, regardless of It is. I how agree. many unknown Yeah. things are out there. So again, thank you so, so much for spending this time. You have been wonderful. And I will, uh, let me ask you, do you have any uh, any books right now? Any projects that you're working on? I do. You're going to laugh. But in September, <laughs> I have a disaster survival guide coming out from Visible Ink Press. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> because I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually trained um, through Red Cross and FEMA. and uh, CERT programs in all of that stuff. And then I'm working on, for early next year, a book called Celebrity Ghosts and Notorious Hauntings, which Really? is really, really fun. Famous Oh my ghosts, God. famous locations, notorious, you know, axe murder homes, and anything that has a reputation for being really well-known. And, and Uh-huh. it's just going to be a really fun guidebook. Oh, yes. So those are the two things. Yeah. Wow. That'll be out next year, I think next spring. So So. you've got a lot of things. Oh, and by the way, now that you said that thing about preparations for disasters... Down here, Uh-huh. this last disaster that you know that we had a shortage of Red Cross volunteers. They, they didn't show up. You know that they they show up like when they open up the 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 shelters and stuff. The shelters, yeah. They didn't have any Red Cross volunteers to show Oh, up. oh, they're probably all like spread out. Maybe Well, they went to Hawaii. that's what But people you know don't what? understand. I mean, That yeah, when it was you're like thinking something of people needing like, desperate. guess what? Those volunteers, if they live in that area, they've got their own things to think about. Their families, yeah. See, that's where And a oftentimes robot would come if there's in handy. a bigger emergency, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because if there's a bigger emergency, they get, they'll get asked to go to that. And people don't understand, you know, something really bad happens and you're not trained yourself. Don't be depending on anybody else to save you because they may be dead No. or they may be taking care of their own families or they just can't get to you through the rubble or No. fire or whatever. And So, let me tell you something. yeah, I'm, I'm all I, this for is... training. People don't realize, you know, because, you know, what happened in Florida during the fall was right after Harvey in Texas. And a lot of the resources of the country, as far as FEMA and all that stuff, went out there because it was catastrophic. They're already tapped out. Yeah, And absolutely. people don't realize that here, even here, normally, like I said, I've lived here, so I've been through a lot of experiences. Normally, you know, you would have, I mean, you would have had uh, gasoline trucks coming into the We didn't have gasoline, and I know that was because most of them were still, they were still working on the aftermath of Harvey. And Yeah. um, people don't realize exactly like what you said, that we are so um, 
used to having things taken, you know, somebody's going to help up. The Calvary's going to show up. That yeah. if you have a couple of yep. things back to back, they'll come and help you. Yeah, exactly. There is not going to be nine one one. The phones won't no. work. You know, unless no. you're on the ham radio or whatever. Yeah, I agree. People just are, have gotten lazy. Yes, it was like a it was together. like a real eye opener. People don't realize that if we, God forbid, and I wouldn't ever want that, but if we have like back to back catastrophes or emergencies, national emergencies. Whoever comes in we're, second, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're in trouble. Yeah, it's like, exactly. hey, you better. Let me tell you something. What saved the day in our household was our gas barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was you. like, that's what really? kept. Yeah. That. So, but yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see that. But again, thank you. And I look forward to seeing what's coming up. It's also with that paranormal show. Because I'm always an enthusiast. And oh, I'm always well, looking for. You. Like I tell them, I've seen with paranormal shows, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm always looking for the good. Always looking for the good. Well, that sounds good. I'll have to come back on when the Celebrity Ghost Absolutely. Book comes out. That'll yes, be a blast yes, yes. I would love to see that. That'll be fun. <laughs> okay, Marie. Thank you so much, darling. You've been wonderful. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Likewise. Bye-bye. Oh, guys. Isn't she wonderful? Wow. Did... <laughs> she... <laughs> I don't know. She's going to be doing that project. Is it coincidence or what? About you know, preparedness for emergencies. And I'm going to tell you something. I know everybody here is into paranormal and and uh, the weird stuff, you know, cryptids, whatever. But let me tell you, if you really, really want to get into really scary stuff, this this is an area that you could, that, 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 that fits the bill. And, um, you know, whether you're a fan or not, I'm sure some of you have seen uh, like The Walking Dead and basically take the zombies out of the equation. It's like what happens when all the things and all the structures that we have in society, the, 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 the grease that keeps the wheels of our society moving along so everybody behaves and whatever, all of a sudden that basically disappears from one day to the next. And... Um, uh, like I was here in 92 when Andrew, like basically I lived down here. Uh, my house was half my belongings were swept. God knows where to the Everglades and the rest down the street. And, and, um, I stayed in my house so my few belongings wouldn't be taken out. And it was a surreal moment when I, I saw military trucks and the national guard soldiers patrolling the streets. And I had helicopters. It was like, Besides the fact of the actual experience of the hurricane, and that was of when I say contained, contained as in immediately the rest of the United States, as far as not only the government but I mean, bunch you know charities, churches opened up, and people were sending clothing and and household items, and mo a lot of the churches in the area that ha hadn't been impacted would serve food out in their parking lots. And, of course, because, let's say I'm using Andrew as an example, that happened like in South, South Florida, what they call the homestead area. So, and even then, but what I'm saying is that it was a contained disaster. The bulk of the country was unaffected and could come in and help. But I'll tell you what, this last time when we had Irma, that was the one that left me with electricity and then Maria and everything. 
And right before that, we had had Harvey in Texas and the flooding and everything. I'm telling you, there was a delay in getting here, not only emergency services, but gasoline trucks. Because, and, and, and I'm going to give you, for instance, there was a bunch of people that had left Florida that were coming back. The highways, okay, were packed. So all these truckers that were coming in, whether it was with gasoline, with food, with all the things that they supplied with, they were having to contend with all these bunch of other people that normally would not be in the highway because they were trying to get back in here. And especially like the further south you live in Florida, you're away at the end like me. The point I'm trying to make is, without knowing the exact contents of what her book is going to be about, I've thought about it because I've lived it all my life. But I think that a lot of people always think that if something catastrophic happens, that emergency, whether it's local emergency services or FEMA or government, you know, is going to step in. But I'm telling you, if you get, we get more than a couple of things happening, yeah, there's a lot of manpower, but I guarantee you, you're going to be spending days, maybe a week or more, depending, okay, on having to live, okay, to, to live without electricity, to live maybe without running water, depending on where you're at or how you get your supply. Um, when I was here in 92 with Andrew, they had people that were going into houses to loot them. And there was a lot of people that stayed behind with their firearms to defend their belongings. And I remember going out and all you could hear was just the hum of generators. It was very dark because all the lights were non-existent. And as a matter of fact, they would even have certain blocks in neighborhoods where people agreed to patrol just to keep the looters out. And that was a small microcosm, like along the lines, that's why I'm how easily sometimes civility and lawfulness can go by the wayside. Uh, that to me is very scary and very possible because I've witnessed it. So I'm very interested to see what she has to say. I, I, I think that, you know, we ignore those possibilities at our peril, depending on where you live in the country. You know, sometimes, you know, or... Even if you say, and I don't, and, I, and believe me, I wouldn't wish this for us, but even if you live in a part of the country that normally doesn't suffer from any type of natural disaster, whether it's a hurricane or tornadoes or earthquakes or a volcano, all we, have you ever thought it's any type of pandemic? Like what we had at the beginning of the 20th century with the Spanish flu here, where, well, it wiped out, which was a worldwide scourge basically, from what I understand, came over to the United States with the uh, soldiers, the American soldiers returning from World War One. that decimated, and that went primarily after young adults, not uh, what normally would die when you had uh, diseases which were children, the aged and the infirm. It was usually the young adults who died very quickly. What would happen then? <laughs> And I'm not a survivalist, by the way. I should be, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm one of these like, but it, it you know, it gives you food for that. So definitely, I got to follow up and see what happens with Marie, with that and oh, and that thing that she's talking about, the celebrity. And like I said, I'm ready. I'm ready. I've seen. I've 
because when you're in the paranormal, you watch all the shows, the good ones and the hokey ones. And I do. I admit I do. Like I said, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And even the reruns of the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I'm always, always ready for good stuff. Good stuff, entertaining stuff, factual stuff. Even sometimes if it's places that all the paranormal groups have gone through, I'm always hoping that if they go there, they're going to give it a fresh angle or more accurate angle. Uh, in other words, because some of them just kind of rehash the same story, the information about the site. And like I said, I'm a big researcher. And then when you when you find out, it's like, that's not really what happened there. That's not accurate. There's a lot of accurate stuff that's just as scary, but but they just pick up and they just, I guess, whoever produces the show or writes the show or, I don't know, they just say, oh, yeah, that other show, they said that uh, the guy was hung from that tree and nobody was ever hung. And it's like, yeah, but something else did happen, but whatever, that's... that's let me get off my soapbox on that one. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming and sharing this time with me. You guys are wonderful. Please do not forget, my true believers, submit your stories at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Catch me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, uh, if you catch me on YouTube, uh, you know, I usually stagger these shows just because I've got so many wonderful guests, which I do. But I usually release the podcast version of the show earlier. And uh, you can either find us at MiamiGhostChronicles.com or the different podcast platforms like Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. You can get a podcast version. So you could listen to it at your leisure. And guys, if you have any ideas, any suggestions, any requests for certain people or certain types of shows... I would love to hear about it. Write to me at Marlene at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I mentioned before I'm considering getting a phone line to just take in calls from people calling in. I'm just... I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Obviously, I would love to take calls without screeners because the truth is, it's like... That's the fun thing. I, I would just like to hear people talk about their experiences or what they got to say. But, you know, there's always going to be... Every party has a pooper. Well, that's what I'm afraid of. The pooper-ers. Or let me put make that plural that want to spoil the fun song. That's on the back burner. I'm thinking about it. So that's something where we'll go live and I will have you guys call in and talk about what's the subject... Oh, anything in paranormal. Who am I fooling? It doesn't have to be what that show's about. It could be about anything paranormal, guys. So anyway, take care. Today is... What is today? I've lost track. Today is... Today is Thursday, guys. Weekend starts tomorrow, kind of. Prep day for the weekends tomorrow. So have a great weekend. Take care. <laughs>